When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, welcome back. The Kurt Schilling Baseball Show is almost at half a century. Uh, show 49. Uh, and we're going to kick it off with, with uh, I don't want to say it's one of my favorite places to go, but now that I know John is a Yankee fan, uh, I'm going to rag the dog snot out of the Yankees every chance I get. So, Bill, I'm I'm still, uh, well, first off, hello, Bill. But secondly, uh I'm a little perturbed that you hadn't informed me earlier that uh, of John's allegiance. Uh, I found out when you found out. And and right. just to be totally transparent, I grew up a Met fan. Well, that's okay, and, though. That, see, no, but, that, I feel that's the difference. I feel sorry for you. Correct. Um, as, you know, as appropriate. But, but yeah, John hiding this Yankee thing, you know, this is this is almost like coming out of the closet. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, then start it, it reading these stats. Yeah, we're going to start right now. Uh, the quote, we're not showing up. Uh, you're going to, that's going to be prominent here. Uh, they lost last night. They're 16 61, and they are below 500 for the first time this year. Uh, when they were 15 and 15, they were at 500 in, on uh, May 1st. Uh, they have not been under 500 this season. 1995, and you know, I'm getting old. And when I think 1995, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, that was like early middle of my career a couple years ago. That was 28 years ago. That was the last time they were at, uh, at 500 or below uh, 28 years ago. But the quote, Aaron Judge said, we're not showing up. That's what it comes down to. We're not showing up when we need to, especially down the stretch right now. And we've gotten every opportunity to keep ourselves in the race, but we're not capitalizing on what we need to. The Braves have outscored the Yankees 18 to three in the series. And uh, New York's losing streak is now four. They no, it's now 13. five. It's five. it's now five. Yeah, that's five. my uh, my yep. bad. No, I didn't catch they, that. They're uh, they're uh, so. Do they start a new series today? No, they're off on Thursday. They start again on. Okay, Friday. yeah, yeah. Okay, so they played. That would be fourteen series now since the first. Yep. Uh, and they've only won one. Yeah. Lost or tied the other twelve. Um, which is the exact opposite of what you try to do. <laughs> they punched out 16 times in the series finale on Wednesday, uh, which made it 42 for the three-game set against the Mariners, who we're going to talk about as well. Uh, Booney uh, said, we stink right now. We acknowledge that. Acknowledge where we are, which is not – we're not very good right now. We understand that. Certainly, this is a low point for us. The silver lining in all this is in front of us, and we control that, and we understand that. Um, so the season's not fixable. And, uh, John, uh, we were talking before the show and John, uh, had mentioned that, and I think John was doing one of those, Hey, I've got a friend who said this when it was actually him that said it, um, <laughs> they, need to, it they need to blow it up, uh, and they need to fire trade judge, trade Cole, fire Cashman. No, no. And no. All right. Uh, first of all, in this day and age of massive contracts, you can't blow it up. All right. Uh, that's the first thing. Second thing is, I, I've said this before, and I know it doesn't placate people, um, but you have to understand something. 
the game's hard. Sometimes bad things happen to good people, as as is the case with Aaron Boone. What you don't need to do is that they have talented players who aren't having good years. And this, if this team, Bill, if I said to you um, that this team was uh, 40 and 10 after 50 games next season, would you be stunned? No, it would mean they were healthy. Right, right, right. Yeah, listen, everybody has injuries. Some teams have it worse than other teams. Um, what you don't hear and speaks to, so so think about this. New York is the one place where there's a controversy even when there isn't. The media in New York is some of the worst, uh, uh, a, comp- a composite of some of the worst of the worst. Um, they're always looking for an angle, always looking for a story. It doesn't have to do anything with the games. Um, you have not, and, and Bill, I, maybe I missed something, but there has not been a big story out of New York this year. No. Other than they're struggling. Right. No, so-and-so is not playing hard. So-and-so hates so-and-so. This guy's demanding a trade. None of that stuff. Um, which can turn a situation like this into a blow-up. And, and I would tell you, as much as Yankee fans, I don't want to hear this. Uh, you don't fire this manager. This manager is keeping it together as best as, as possibly, probably could be done at this point. I'm telling you, and trust me on this, He's the guy you want. He will be the guy at the helm. This is this is one of the better human beings in the world. And I promise you, the players are not in any capacity sitting in that clubhouse going, this guy needs to go. There's That's not happening. So uh, the Aaron judges of the world uh, are taking accountability and responsibility, which is what leaders do. They're not playing well. They stink. Other teams are playing better than them. They're not. And, and Bill, how many times have you seen – uh, uh, you know, a game-winning hit in the ninth inning only made possible because two guys did something fundamentally sound in the sixth inning, right? right. Uh, the the, the game-winning hit generally isn't the reason you win. It's the reason It's the reason the, the end of the game score looks the way it does. But there are certain things that happen in innings one through eight uh, that good teams do every day. They're not doing those things, whether it be moving a runner over, whether it be getting a leadoff hitter out of the ball. All the little things are going wrong. And... There is, and I, I promise you, uh, they're human beings. And one of the things that happens in that situation, and everybody, even people that haven't played professional sports knows this, you can get into a team mentality of, oh, no, here we go again. Uh, and I, Severino is a perfect example. There's no chance this guy's an eight ERE. None. I mean, he is what he is, right? I mean, was it Dennis Green? We are what our record says we are. He's had a horrible year. But if this guy came out and won 19 games next year, nobody next year, no one would be sitting back going, oh, my God, where'd that come from? You've got got good players playing bad baseball. I know that doesn't make it any better for you as a Yankee fan, uh, but but this should. You don't have to go into the offseason and blow it up and rebuild it. Because, first of all, the Yankees don't rebuild. They contend every year, and that's why they're the Yankees. Secondly, uh, you're going to have a roster full of very, very talented players next year with something to prove. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Hungry players are good. Yes. Things. Hungry big league players are good things. And that market and you fans in Yankee stadium will ensure that these guys show up in the best shape of their career and that, you know, they get off to a good start and all the things that go with that. As long as they're staying healthy, um, that's just the way it goes. So, and they're, you know, 
we always say the AL East is tough, but a lot of the reasons we say that is because it's the Yankees. The Yankees are in it. Um, it's tough, but the Yankees aren't the big reason why anymore. Uh, and and Baltimore has put the division on notice. Toronto is young and talented as hell. Um, the Red Sox, for all their holes, uh, are still hanging around. Um, and Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay, uh, which hopefully someday will be Nashville soon. I mean, the way that Booney's talking about it, he hasn't ruled out making it to the wild card, but they're six and a half back, and they've got to yeah. pass both Toronto and Boston. Right. And, and no, I, I don't, I, uh, John, if you can check the schedule, let me know how many times the Yankees play those two teams. Six each. Okay. So, so they, they have home okay. and homes with both those teams. Okay. So they're that your, your, your destination, your destiny is still in your control. Right. Yeah. You've changed the, the difficulty level to must win, but it's still within your control. And so, yeah, uh, yeah. But, but, but no, don't blow it up. Don't fire people. Nobody deserves to be fired. You can't fire the players. The, the people that are screwing this up, you can't fire. You can trade them. But again, you're talking about a team with a lot of untradeable contracts. And you don't get any better doing that. Because then you have to go out and sign all those players. Uh, it's one of the things, uh, you know, jumping across the league. You know, Aaron Nola is a free agent after this season. The Phillies, I think, are one starter away from being serious, legitimate, World Series contending team. Uh, and if you let Nola go, you have to go out and sign two starters instead of one, one of them being like an Aaron Nola. So anyway, um, Matt Brash and the Mariners. Um, I took a peek behind the numbers at the Mariners, um, and Brash has certainly uh, improved. He is, uh, he, he's punched out. I think it's uh, 85 guys in 51 inning. Anyway, He's he's a, a setup guy with a lot of holds. His he's 98th percentile in whiffs, 99 in simple strikeout rate, 99 in barrel rate, which means for those of you that don't buy into a lot of these stats, which some of them are kind of crappy, uh barrel rate is just basically how hard of contact you give up, how often a hitter squares the ball up against you. Uh he's in the top one percent. So guys are swinging and missing a lot. Uh he's not walking as many which is one of the reasons why the Mariners are where they are. You've got to think at some point, and, and we all do this, right? It's, it's, it's mid August. You're getting to September. You're looking at the standings and you kind of ponder in your mind, what would it be like to meet up with these guys, with these guys, with Castillo, Kirby and, and Gilbert, you know, I, I've said before, and Bill, we've talked about this, your playoff pitching staff isn't 11 to 12 to 13 guys. It's three starters, and it's four, maybe five relievers, maybe. It's eight. Your three starters have whips under 1.1. They're 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 going to be guys that'll probably each of them is right around six innings to start, um, which is today is like you know Paul Bunyan esque. Um, but they've got to start worrying people. Now, Bill, often I'm not as tuned into them offensively as as. I, I might be otherwise they're one game back in the wild card race. And that was going into last night. Um, well, offensively, between are... Cal Raleigh hitting home runs, um, he's the second fastest to 50 home runs at the start of his career for the Mariners. Alex behind a rod. Yeah. Second fastest. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
But offensively, so, and you've heard me say this, Bill, we've talked a couple, you don't hit your way to a World Series trophy. No. I, I think the last team to do that was what, the 2002 Angels? I've said that a couple of times. Um, but these guys, uh, and swing and miss pitching, you have to have swing and miss pitching in October. All three of these guys are that. Their bullpen is is lethal uh, with, you know, Brash is not what I would call a setup man. I think he's more of a stopper. Right. You bring him in in the sixth inning in a situation with second and third in a one-run game, and and that's the situation scenario I was just talking about earlier. You win the game in the sixth inning, even though you, you might score the run in the ninth. Because he, you know, so uh, interesting. And, and I got to tell you, I'm going to say it again. One of my favorite cities in baseball to play in. Seattle is uh, uh, as liberal as it is is full of baseball, East Coast baseball fans who are passionate, love their baseball, are great and smart and fun to play in front of. Uh, and being somebody who likes rain, it's always pleasant in Seattle. Um, uh, across the continent, uh, to the state of Florida, and some stories that uh, are, uh, well, let's talk about something positive before we go down the rabbit hole. Um they're trying to chase another American League East title this year. Uh, they're doing so this year. And this is not something that I would expect to be a Tampa stat because of how they build their roster. I feel like they build their roster with 25 very individual, specific role pieces. Um, and so you have platoons everywhere and in the bullpen and in the lineups and whatnot. This year, they have eight guys with 15 or more home runs. Uh, one of those eight uh, might end up on the season with what he has today. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but Paredes and Siri with 23, uh, uh, Rosa Reina. I can uh, never pronounce his name. Uh, 18 Rayleigh with uh, 17 DS 16, low 16, low uh, Brandon, low 16, Josh, low 15. Uh, and then Wander Franco has 17. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the Tampa is what Tampa is. I still believe that, uh, if they play sabermetric baseball in October, they'll lose again. I don't think it works in October. Um, I well, think and also their staff is so beat up. Right. Well, that, they were that, the first that's what team. worries me about them. The the, the Blake Snell uh, uh, pullout a couple years back cost them the World Series. It was the first time I ever, I think, visually saw sabermetrics cost the team a series, much less a World Series. So they'll be interesting to follow. Probably uh, interesting, probably not the right word for this. So, so I'm going to premise all of this, and, and we, as we always do, we have no idea what the full story is yet with Wander Franco. Uh, but there are certain things that are happening now that, uh, if I'm Tampa, Bill, I'm, I'm now, I'm very, I'm worried. Uh, I was worried before, right? I mean. There's, you know, in this day and age, we, we there's so many ways and angles, uh, you know, the believe all women and all the things that go with that. You don't ever want to talk about a situation like this uh, with disrespect to any party because we don't know the story. Um, if it's all true, if every all the allegations are true and he was openly, knowingly dating a 14 year old girl and all the things that go with that um, thing, the chips will probably fall where they're supposed to fall. Um I've also seen situations where parents have pushed their kids into something like this. Uh, and, and again, absolutely have no idea what the full story is, but there are many angles to look at this from and nobody knows them. What I do know now 
is that uh, the Dominican government uh, is involved, and that's not a good thing. In any capacity, that's not a good thing. If you go back and read over the David Ortiz thing when David was shot, uh, the story around that uh, was murky as hell and and for a lot of very awkward, weird reasons. But, but Bill, I said before the show, we're talking about a kid who might have been one of the highest rated minor league talent prospects in the history of the game. You you put him in a category with Acuna as we were talking, and right. he's got those kind of skills. Right, right. And, and all of that is secondary to the story, obviously. But this is a big deal. This is a huge deal. Um, in the day and age of, of, of the sound of freedom and the global move against child trafficking and all the things that go with that, the heightened awareness around this is appropriate, number one. Uh, and I'm thankful for it, number two. But there are so many questions I have about this. Uh, and, and so rather than us delve into the details, we're going to wait until more. And I, I do appreciate I said this to you earlier, Bill. It feels very weird because the media is treating this as the media should, which is they're not trying to be first. It feels like everybody's trying to be right. Yeah. Um, but a source close to the matter, which means a writer could have made this quote up because this is what they do. But there's a quote source close to the matter says, quote, very unlikely that Wander Franco will play in Major League Baseball again. Judging by the results of the investigations that are currently being carried out, which directly commit him to the accusations against him, unquote, end quote. Don't know if that came that could have come from the writer that wrote the article for all we know. Um, so let's wait and see, but I don't see this ending in a good way in any possible way. And well, he's sucks. on administrative leave, which means yeah. he's not with the team for at least six games. And they just brought up their number six prospect in their minors to play shortstop. This kid, Basave. And who, I haven't seen a Wander Franco quote anywhere saying, no, completely false and i will fight this to the end that correct and, and at a minimum you see that from from everybody in this situation most of the times it's crap but you see it and i haven't seen that and that that bothers me in more than one way and and if this young lady uh is a victim in all of this uh then i pray that it, it's resolved and she gets out and goes on to live a life uh that she deserves to live um, so enough with that. Let's go to uh, <laughs> uh, Miguel Cabrera, who uh, is a first ballot Hall of Famer, um, hit his 509th career home run. And I'm embarrassed to tell you, and I said this, Bill, I, I forgot he was playing. Detroit has had and is so bad that it's been hard to even reference them. And he's on a farewell tour which he should be. Miggy was a once a generational talent, um, but he ties former teammate Gary Sheffield for 26th on the all-time list. Uh, he's getting fishing poles and all these other things. Uh, a tackle box from Minnesota, fishing pole, tackle box, and a hat. Um, and then uh, he, Joe Maurer was there to, to, to present it to him. I, and then uh, um I, I mean, I, I like 
I, I, I didn't play against Miggy um, very much. Uh, we crossed paths for sure, but uh, I remember yeah, he, my he's vivid played memories. 21 of, years. Yeah, my vivid memories of him are as a 20 year old with the Marlins in the, you know, in the World Series and, and him just jumping onto the scene and becoming uh, a force. Well, for Beck. like I say, he's a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer. The thing about him that I remember was obviously the power. I mean, he has 500 career. Four times he led the league in batting average. Uh, well, he won the triple crown. He won the triple crown. He he in, was MVP yeah. two years in a row. It, yeah. And unfortunately, he did it for a horrible team. Yeah. And Detroit has always been that way. I mean, think about the, the history in Detroit with Lolich and Trammell and Whitaker. I mean, I mean, some of the greatest Jack Morris and and the, you know, third starting that year uh, was eighty five. They went thirty five and five. Yeah. Um, there is a legendary history in that town, um, but that town, the geographics of that town have dramatically changed, uh, and and socially, it's a very different place. Uh, and Major League Baseball is out of the reach of a lot of very of, if you're middle class in America, you're not going to a, to a couple games this weekend for the series because of the cost. Uh, and so when that happens, teams fall off the radar and they've fallen way off the radar. And that's that's sad. It, it really is, because that is a, a franchise in a city with, with a lot of great, great Major League history. Um, all right. So uh, real quick. Uh, I had a chance to spend the weekend uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, first in Arizona and then in Philadelphia for, for a couple of reasons. And I, I'm going to kick myself, but I will bring it on, on the next show. I uh, went to Arizona to celebrate the 25 year anniversary of the organization, um, which is amazing. Uh, and there were a lot of former players there. Uh, and it, the, it was one of those, it's always fun. It's always fun. Um, got to see and talk with RJ and Gonzo and Junior Spivey and Greg Swindell and, you know, all of the guys that were there, Durazo and and uh, Miguel Batista and uh, Stephen Randolph. Just It was just a great weekend. Uh, and so we were honored on the field in Arizona on Saturday uh, as members of the uh, – the organization they announced that next year 2024 they will begin the it will be the first year they will open the arizona dimebacks hall of fame and the first two inductees will be randy johnson and luis gonzalez shock i know <laughs> but two probably more deserving guys couldn't couldn't be uh better for that first class very happy and very proud for both of them and then hopped on a red eye uh got in at 7 a.m for a, a one o'clock afternoon game for the 30-year anniversary of the 1993 Phillies team. Um, another phenomenal day. Uh, got to to talk with all the guys hanging around that 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 are still, and there were a lot of guys from the team on it. Um, uh, Todd Pratt, uh, Tony Longmire, uh, Lenny was not invited. Um, apparently Mitch was not invited. Um, Milt Thompson, Jim Eisenreich, uh, Wes Chamberlain, uh, Larry Anderson, um, Mickey Morandini, Dave Hollins, uh, Kevin Stocker, Roger Mason. Yeah, so we, Ben Rivera, Tommy Green, uh, and we hung out. And uh, I, I was actually kind of shocked. 
Mr. Middleton, the Middletons uh, are now the owners of the Phillies. Uh, they've been uh, a Philadelphia uh, stalwart for, for decades. Um, presented me with a ring. It was a 2022 nationally championship ring. Um, but apparently all of the wall of fame members got the ring and I'll, I'll actually Bill, I'll bring it and show you on the next show, but the wall of fame members got a ring and it's in this case that probably costs a thousand dollars by itself. Uh, and it spins and the ring itself, you can remove the top and inside the ring is a piece of the baseball from game five of the 2022 series. Um, I was stunned. Uh, it's gorgeous, beautiful, certainly didn't have to do that. Um, but incredibly appreciative of the fact that the Middletons thought of us and the fans in Philly, uh, were, were amazing to me and my family as they've always been. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, and being able to be a part of that and be a part of their memories. Um, so it was a great, great weekend, uh, capped off by an even better week though. I'm going to tell you, um, you're going to hear uh, after we're done here uh, a couple of sound bites from uh, Hall of Famer Rod Carew, who uh, I know Bill and John got to sit in and listen. So I don't, I don't know what it sounded like from the outside looking in, but my God, was it a blast to do! I had a chance to talk to Mr. Carew this week, uh, and we just talked baseball, and he told some unbelievable stories, some incredibly cool stories um, about. Uh, well, there's a bat flip. And then you'll hear the Catfish Hunter story. Uh, I don't know if those are both playing, but those are both in the interview. And we're going to run this interview. Bill, when are we running the whole thing? We're going to do it the day after Labor Day. The day after Labor Day, guys. Uh, and you're going to want to hear it. It's, and that's I, 35 I, minutes of gold. It, I loved it. I, I loved it because I, Mr. Crew was one of those guys that when I played, I talked to and picked his brain uh, and listening to him talk. And he's, he's, he's class. He is the epitome always has been always, always was uh, the epitome of class uh, and a hall of famer uh, MVP rookie of the year, like 17, 18 time all-star. Uh, but the conversation was unbelievable. So uh, what you're about to listen to is, is a story involving Bob Gibson, catfish hunter and Rod Carew, all three Hall of Famers and each story in and of itself is absolute gold. And I promise you, you've never heard either story. So listen up. But the respect thing to me is tragic. The lack of respect for the game. Uh, and, and and it's not, listen, I don't, you know, all the goofy stuff that they do after they hit home runs, that's just stupid and whatever. I get right. the But, 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 but you know what, Kurt? Kurt, you know what? To me, that's a lack of respect, too. I agree. Because if they played when we played, they would understand that they can't get away with all that crazy stuff. Well, can you imagine Can you imagine standing in the box and watching a home run off Bob Gibson? Oh, I'll tell you a story on Bob Gibson real quick. Being a rookie, I was playing a game against him in uh, spring training in St. Petersburg. Tim McCarver is catching. And I'm trying to cover up this hole where my left foot goes. <laughs> and Gibby is yelling at me from the mound. Really? Get in the batter's box. Yeah. <laughs> and then McCarver looked up at me. I says, Tim, look at this big hole. I can't stand here. He says, well, you, you better change it. The man, <laughs> wants, the man wants to go. Gibby threw four pitches at me and missed me. 
And then as I'm walking down to the first base, he walked over and he says, don't even try and steal second. <laughs> and you didn't. I didn't. <laughs> as a player, you'll find any edge you can. I, I, I don't, I don't, you know. And I took my notebook on the bench and I was writing notes and people would look at me like I had three heads. But that's all I knew. And you I do what you say. know. And all those silver sluggers behind you are a testament <laughs> to the to the work. And what you know you just said about your little black book. We played, I went into Yankee Stadium. Uh we had a, a three-game series. Catfish Hunter was on the on, on the mound that night. And uh Thurman Munson was catching. So this was a Saturday. Uh, the day before on Friday, I'd gotten a couple of hits. So as I'm standing by the cage, he's going down to the to the bullpen to wait for a catfish. He says, how many are you going to get tonight, big boy? <laughs> I said, I don't know how many I'm going to get, but I'll tell you about one at bat. And um, I'm going to just amaze you and play with your head a little bit. He says, what do you mean by that? I says, wait until... My second at bat. So I went up to the plate and, he, you know, he's untying my shoe and throwing dirt on my my legs and the whole works. <laughs> Ron, Ron Luciano is on behind the plate. And Thurman says, well, I said, I tell you what, I'm going to call every pitch. I'm going to yell it out just before he releases it. And then... Luciana looks at me and says, can you do that? I says, yeah, it's a piece of cake. <laughs> so the, the first two pitches he threw me was fastball down and in, slider down and in. And so I called both of them. And Thurman says, you know, with that fun stance you got, you got to be peeking. You, you got to be able to see my sign. <laughs> I says, no, man, I wouldn't do that. So he goes out to Catfish. And he was going to tell Catfish to knock me down. So he comes back said, we're going to deck you on this next pitch or maybe the pitch after. I says, no, he's not going to do that. He says, he has respected me as a player for the years that I've faced him. And I, I've respected him. I've never shown him up, you know, nothing. So now here comes the third pitch. And... As he releases, I said, fastball away, double down the left field line. Fastball oh. away, double, I had double down the left field line. <laughs> I'm on second base, and all you could see was Luciano giving me that. Yeah. So uh, the next day, Thurman comes in. He says, how'd you do that, man? So I pulled out my little black book, and for all the time, that I've faced catfish, it was the same pattern. So I knew what I was getting. Yeah. And that's why I could, you know, he said, I got to get one of those black books. <laughs> Maybe it might help you out. So that's it, guys. Uh, as uh, I say every week at close, you can find this podcast anywhere you get your podcast. We'd love you to do it through outkick.com. If you go to outkick.com, click on the link up in the right hand corner that shows you'll find. Uh, Clay Travis, Tommy Laren, uh, Dan Dockich, and uh, all of us, uh, our podcasts live there. Uh, Spotify, Apple, anywhere you get um, your podcasts, you can find the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show. Spread the word. 
uh, and uh, subscribe and follow. All right, that's it, guys. Uh, we will see you guys on Tuesday next week. And John will still be miserable because the Yankees will probably be farther be five, five hundred. So have a great weekend, guys.